Hello, my beautifuls, and welcome to another episode of Authentic Alchemy. My name is Emily Burke, and I am your host, and I am so excited to share this episode with you. I am joined by the beautiful Jennifer Rayford. She is the founder of Courage to Rise, a company born of her passion for leading others to an easier and more fulfilling life. In this episode, we dive into all things living your truth, letting go of shame and guilt, how to stop trying to save others and step into authentic leadership. She tells us all about what it means to be unfuckwithable and oh my gosh, it is juicy. Without further ado, let's dive in to today's episode. Hello, Jen, and welcome to Authentic Alchemy. I'm so grateful that you are here. I'm so excited to be with you, Emily. This is this is awesome. I know. And we have been like, had this like in the calendar and it's like shifted around like a million and one times. So I really excited. <laughs> now it's perfect timing. <laughs> perfect. This is just going to be amazing because we've waited so long for it. <laughs> um, I start all of my guest episodes like this. I would love to ask you, what does authenticity mean to you? I love that question because that's the blog that I started four years ago. It's actually called Exploring Authenticity because to me, being authentic means it means being yourself, but it means being yourself. It means like fully owning who you are from a really healthy and aligned place and giving yourself permission to really be you. And I, I always draw the distinction that I, in my opinion, sometimes people throw around like authenticity as like a whole pass to be raging assholes and entitled assholes. And I'm like, these are not the same things, right? Authenticity means to me, it means that you have, you know, and understand yourself so deeply that you can operate in your life from that place, from a place of like truth with yourself, right. Of like self-responsibility and self-ownership and yeah. It's uh, I'm, I'm excited to talk about it because that's like, that's literally my blogs. <laughs> yeah, I know when you said that, um, when we were talking beforehand, I was like, oh yes, this is going to be so yeah. good. <laughs> and before we like dive into like the authenticity, like rabbit hole, which is just going to be so juicy for our listeners who haven't met you before, can you give us a little backstory as to who you are and how you got here today? And I, I, I obviously know a fair bit about your story and I really love it. I think it's so um, really, really inspiring. So I'd love for you to share as much or as little as what feels good for you. Oh, well, thank you. I, you know, the, the short version of it is that I had to learn a lot of lessons in life the hard way about the importance of knowing and understanding your own worth and your own value and uh, my, the lessons that I learned, I learned them through the lens of romantic relationships. And, and I learned all of them the, the hard way and, and relatively painful ways. Um, sometimes I had to go back twice to really learn the lesson. Uh, <laughs> and so about four or five years ago, uh, I started my coaching company, Courage to Rise. And every time when I came up with the name, I literally got chills because I was like, oh my God, that's exactly it. Because for, for me, that was my journey. It's the, the falling, the burning down of your life 
whether you wanted it to happen or not over and over and over again, and like learning to really rise from that and all the lessons that I learned along the way. And that's really what I do is to help my, my clients find their inner courage, whether they're coming from, you know, a divorce or a major transition, or they're just in that place in their life where like, I don't know what I want, but I know it's not this. And I want to feel fulfilled. Right. And it all comes back to just that core of knowing and valuing yourself. And then what does that mean for the rest of your life? Right. And so that's been my journey. And yeah, I always tell my clients, I'm like, this is a zero judgment space because I've made all the mistakes, most of them twice. And, or yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's something that people miss. And like, I know that I've, you know, I feel like we walk around for like life thinking that we're the only one. We're the only one that's made these mistakes. We're the only one who does Like for me, it was like, am I the only one that doesn't know what the hell is going on or what I'm doing? And the thing is, is none of us actually really know what we're doing. And that courage piece is so like, if I, it wasn't the theme word that I picked for the year, but it went perfectly with it. Like my, my theme for the year was um, limitless expansion. And with that came a lot of courage. And I feel like the underlying theme of my entire year this year has been courage. And I talk about this so often that we don't need to be fearless. It's not about not having fear. It's not about not feeling shame. It's not about, you know, never not knowing what's going on. And It's about learning how to harness that courage because we all have that courage within. Even if you think that you don't, we all have it. And it's about finding that that part of you and using that to take steps forward towards a life that actually feels good. Not needing to know like the end result, not needing to like have it all figured out. Like none of us have it all figured out. None of us. anyone has it all figured out you're kidding yourself nobody has it all figured out so I'd love to know in what's like one thing that you're that you see a lot in people in in why they they've kind of struggled to to step into that courage piece and and take those steps towards creating that life for themselves or healing and and yeah I think you know that's one of those that like so many things they're there are layered, there are layers. And, and in the work that I do, my what's important to me is like, I want to get to the core of what's going on. Cause when we get to the core, then that impacts everything else. I see a lot of, of the, the shame is the biggest thing that stops people. And because shame is, I mean, as you probably know, it's literally the lowest vibration that we can be in. Like it's lower than, and, and the difference I, I heard somewhere or read somewhere, and I don't know who to attribute this to, because I, have forgotten, but that guilt is I did something bad and shame is I am bad. And to me, that also goes into, you know, exactly what you were saying earlier, which is, oh, I think I'm the only one that's this way. Like everybody else has their shit together. And I have this like chronic imposter syndrome. And I think that's a big part of it is understanding that wherever you are, a person is on their journey, no matter what's happened to you, what you've done, what's been done to you, what you've experienced, Shame is the part that wants us to, to like, let us shut down and keep that in the closet. And that will inherently keep us from, from finding and tapping into that courage in every area. 
right? And and the ownership piece of it comes into literally going into that shame and sitting with it and and realizing that shame is the thing that makes you vulnerable to it makes you vulnerable. I I I just published a chapter about this where I talk about how shame makes you vulnerable to like toxicity like not only from yourself, but from other people as well, but it's like having that shame keeps you down. It's heavy. Right. And so the way of to move through that and go, no matter what I've done, no matter what I've experienced, I'm going to own it. And I don't know what that looks like. Cause that can look like a lot of different things. Right. But I'm going to own it and I'm going to figure out my way through this. And I may not know what I want in life and that's okay, because sometimes it's just evolving, but I am going to have, like you said, the courage, it's not about never feeling fear because that's not in my experience, like, unless you're dead, you're not going to, I had a client one time that came to me and in her like intake form, she's like, I never want to feel fear and anxiety again. And so when we got on the call, I said, we were going over a goal. They said, so you want to be dead? And she goes, what? And I was like, you want to be dead? And she's like, I'm, I, she's going, why the hell did I hire this woman? And I was like, you want to be dead? You said you never want to feel fear and anxiety again. So you want to be dead? And she's like, oh, and I was like, yeah, no, you're going to feel it, right? You're going to feel it. It's about finding the courage to literally move through it no matter what, right? No matter what. Yeah. And knowing that like feeling it, one, isn't a bad thing, but two, like you're not going to die from feeling it. Like yes. <laughs> actually like, and something you said that it's like that, that shame is, is like that really, really heavy emotion. And it's so interesting because something that you hear so much in this like healing space when people, you know, go through, um, you know, big healing experiences or embodiment work or uh, share things like parts of their life that they feel so much shame for. The thing that you hear so often is, I feel so light. I feel so much lighter. And it's a lightness that you, it's like you've never felt it before. It's like, oh, like for me, it's, it's, you know, when I, every time like I step further and further into that, it's like a, something that's been like restricting me, um, you know, like a rope or something around me. It's like a new layer of it is peeled open and I can breathe deeper. I can move more freely. And it's, it's incredible that we don't even know that we're walking around with this thing that we don't need to walk around with it. And never have I ever, ever, ever experienced going into, going into the shame or going into the fear and regretting it later never nor have I ever experienced it and something terrible and awful has happened as a result if a hundred percent of the time my life has gotten better and I have felt better and the things that I've been able to create as a result of it are like I, I don't even have words to describe it and it's it's so interesting that we just cling onto it so deeply we really 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 do as humans it's um it's like this I a part of it's part of my identity almost because I think I think it's you know sometimes we're afraid of who we're going to be on the other side of it even if we don't it's like you know it's familiarity right for even if it's not comfortable it's still like familiar in a way. And the interesting thing is, so, so I'm, as you know, like in the chakras, like your solar plexus, that's also where you hold like shame. Right. And the, but then the opposite of that, because solar plexus, like that's your power, your personal power. 
So when you, that like, that's the, when you move through that shame, it's like, you're literally reclaiming your power to be able to move through that. And, and, you know, the, I think I, I, so one thing I'm known for saying is choose your hard, which yeah, it's hard sometimes to sit with, you know, it's hard to sit in that discomfort of your own shame and sit with it and move through it and work through what comes up. But there's also the hard of running away from it and stuffing it down. And one of those hards has an easy side to it. The other one is just going to continue to get harder and harder, even though, in the, you know, it seems easier up front to avoid it. But in the long run, you know, you're never, there's never going to be another side that's always going to get harder and harder. And it's always going to feel worse, but choosing the hard where you literally go into it and go, okay, right. Show me what, show me what it is I need to see. And that comes in layers too, as you know. I think there's sometimes there's this perception that anytime we're doing anything, it's going to be like immediate results. And that's like the only time you have to go into it. And sometimes you have to sit with layers of that too. you know, peel back the shame or peel back what's there and like move through whatever's ready to be released. And that, that is to me, how you really do reclaim your personal power. Is to oh, take yeah. That. Yeah. And I think that like, when you go into that hard part of actually going into that fear and into that shame it shows you that it's just temporary because until you go into it and actually move through it, it it's living as like this permanent state in your, in your system and you're reliving it just in like a numbed out way all the time. Whereas when you actually go into it and you're, you let your system, you know, complete that loop of, of feeling the emotion and actually moving through because it's all just energy it all just emotions want to move through us and I I say this all the time they 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 want to be felt and moved through but if you don't feel them then they just stay stuck waiting to move through it's like they're stuck on like a on like a train station that's within you it's like the train wants to keep moving but you're like holding on to it going no I don't want to feel this I don't want to get on um, and I definitely had a question here and now I can't remember what it was. I do this all the time. I go down rabbit well, holes. And, well, that's all right. That that's because I, I tell my clients, I'm like, sometimes I have a train, like a, a, a traffic jam where six thoughts converge in my head, but I, you know, there's the, that like scientifically, like the actual impulse of the emotion only lives in your system for 90 seconds, mm-hmm. it, which, which again goes into, if we would let it move through us, the things that make it persist, persist are either resisting it, right? What we resist persists is either pushing against it and then it stays. And then it's the thoughts, the limiting beliefs, all the other stuff that has it kind of get stuck in our system. But I think that's the biggest thing is that we, we don't want to sometimes feel what's present, but the, the way it's like the only way out is through when it comes up, it's like, you literally let it be there. It's like, you okay, come in, sit on the couch. What do you have to tell me? Right. Okay. It has its say, and now it can go. Yeah. And you're not just like fighting against it anymore. Oh yeah. And it's not. And it's different. And the thing, this is the thing that maybe stumps some people is, excuse me, is it's not like, for instance, think about the emotion of like anxiety. And that's something that I have experienced many, many, many times. And there's a difference between letting it be and observing it and moving through it and being like consumed by it and letting it rule your life. 
being Mm. consumed by it, you're still resisting it. You're not allowing it to be. You're making it wrong. You're going, this is wrong. I'm like stuck. I'm like out of control. I'm so worried about everything. Whereas it's really interesting now, um, particularly after post my ayahuasca retreat, I remember experiencing this, like I was sitting like, I was sitting on like this root at this rooftop pool in Mexico and I was, it was so beautiful. I was there with my book and it was like cool from the pool and I was just having the best time. And all of a sudden I had like this like intense, like sensation of anxiety through my entire being. And I was like, what is going on? And like my immediate reaction was like, oh, this is bad. Something's terribly wrong. And then I was like, huh this is interesting. And I literally just sat there and I moved my body and I just let it be. And it moved through me and it Mm -hmm. didn't mean anything. It didn't like, it was, it was nothing. And since then, it's really interesting watching these, um, you know, emotions come up. And I have reached a point where most of the time I'm still a human being. I'm able to like sit back and just let them be. I'm able to cry and it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't, you know, it all just means what we decide that it means. Humans are meaning making machines. That's the other thing. It's the shame and it's the judgment because you you hit the nail on the head of like something comes up and we want to either, we want to like categorize it and we want to do it in a, in a polarizing way. It's either good or bad. It's right or wrong. And that inherently is bringing judgment to ourselves, right? Which is putting us in this place of literally not even being, it's like, just, just let it come up and you can, I, I, like I tell my clients, be curious about, get curious. Like you're a detective, just get curious. Don't apply a label to it. It doesn't have like, to your point, it doesn't have to mean anything. Just see what, just let it come up. And like you said, move it through. Cause that's what happens is we want to judge it. We want to hide, which just comes back to shame, right? It's wrong. It's bad. Stuff it down, avoid it. Yeah. No. Let it be there. And and you, like you mentioned, like shake, like, like the somatic piece is so important of okay. literally moving through your body. Oh, and isn't like our automatic response to like lie in front of the TV and like numb out. And it's like, yeah. everything's just like moving around inside you going, let me out. Um, yeah. It's so one of my, um, my last coach, she was incredible at, you still like, fuck with my mind a little bit because she you know I would go in and be like yeah and this happened and blah 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 and and whatever meaning I had placed on it and you know I, I'd be like you know this I, I I'm just so overwhelmed and I'm I'm like you know I'm doing like all these things and I, I feel really like this is just too much and it's full on she's like well what if it doesn't mean that it's too much what if it actually means that you're really strong and courageous and you're able to you know you have the capacity to blah 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 blah. and I'd be like huh like huh I never thought about thinking about that way and she's doing about so many things I'd be like this happened and it was so like like it was just this awful thing she's like well who says that it's awful you know who decided that you know and she's like such a um uh, NLP brain so she's very very good at, at um, pulling up those uh, those languages and 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 also the meaning that we place on things and it is so interesting when you start to look at things and notice when you go oh well that that's bad or that's good and it's like well who said like who decided and it's the same with and most of the time those judgments are placed on ourselves 
It's like a, oh, well, I, sh- I, sh- I should lose five kilos. Mm-hmm. That's who? According to who? Like, exactly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'd love to. Now, there's something, there's a word on your Instagram profile, and I love it. And I want you to, <laughs> um, I want you to explain it to us and talk to us all about being unfuckwithable. Oh, yes. <laughs> I want to know what that means. And I want to know what does that look like? Because I love this so much. Thank you. I am so excited. So this is actually my new program that uh, I'm launching in January. And it it was one that sort of built and built. And I was like, oh, my God, this is it. Because like with, you know, the work that I do with clients and in, in my most recent group program, we were basically what it means is that literally you're unfuckwithable. And what does that mean? That means that no matter what is happening around you in your life, you know how to move through it. It doesn't, again, it doesn't mean like life is not, unless you're going to be the Buddha on the mountaintop and not interact with other humans ever again, like you're going to, things are going to happen. And being unfuckwithable means that you have done the work and you, no matter what happens, like nothing outside of you, you're not at the mercy of anything outside of you. The external circumstances are what they are. No matter what happens within yourself, you're not pulled out of that center, right? Not, not permanently. Like, sure. We go, you know, we move, we sway. That's what we do. But it's like, you know how to work through your triggers because one of the biggest things is other people, right? How often we interact with other humans all the time. Like I said, unless you're going to go live on a mountaintop, you're going to interact with humans and relationships, and uh, the biggest work that I do with clients, not only the, the piece about themselves, but it's like other people. And we just did this whole class about no one can actually make you feel any type of way. And that triggers the ever loving fuck out of a lot of people. Cause they're like, no, they made me feel this way. I'm like, nope, because to be unfuck withable means there's, there's the analogy of if you have two glasses of water and one glass has a lot of silt at the bottom of it, and the other one doesn't have anything in it. If, a, if you take a spoon and you stir up the glass, all that dirt from the bottom is going to swirl up through the glass, right? It's not the spoon's fault. The dirt was there. And the spoon is representative of, of other people, of the triggers that we have. And if there's nothing there to get stirred up, it doesn't matter what anybody says or does. It's not going to impact you. You're not at the mercy of other people, right? And, and forces outside yourself. So it's it's becoming that clean glass of water and also knowing when you do get triggered, how to work through it. And that means you're literally unfuckwithable. And then it also goes into becoming unfuckwithable with your money, with your body, with your beliefs, with all these things where you just have this massive toolkit. I always talk about like filling up your backpack for life with like all the tools and things. Like you clear out the crap you don't need. And then you you arm yourself with a toolkit where like you literally are like no one can fuck with you. Doesn't matter what happens. You have that strong core within you. And especially as women, I just like, I'm so passionate about this because that's what we need. Right. Cause when you're unfuckwithable, it doesn't matter what happens around you. You, you going to be good. You going to thrive and you going to rise. <laughs> yes. I love that so much. And that's like, that's the work when people like ask me, like, well, what is this like, what's this work that people keep talking about? I'm like, that's, that's it. It is becoming unfuckwithable. It's finding a way to be in the world and not being at effect of everything around you. And this is something that like, I really 
like see as being something that until you experience it, it is hard to understand it. It is hard to understand how, you know, um, like you can witness like, like a couple on the side of the road having like a really intense fight and not be like, oh my gosh, this has really affected my day or, you know, being late to work and, and not being like stressed out and anxious or um, having like a big pile of, of like new tasks that you weren't expecting for your weekend placed on your desk and being able to just be okay. And I'd love to know the difference between like being, I can't think of the right word, but being, you know, unfuckwithable, which is, you know, it's being like the observer of mm-hmm. your your reality. It's, you know, being responsive rather than being reactive. The difference between that and like kind of like the shadow side of like, I just don't give a fuck, like, and, and being kind of numbed out like I'd love to like hear your perspective on because there's a difference there you would know we've definitely met people who were just like they just they just don't give a shit about anything like we still care when we're unfuck with it but we still care we we absolutely and and I I call it giving the right fucks because it's not actually no fucks given it's giving the right fucks right there's the whole list of things we shouldn't give a fuck about which are other people's opinions all the you know the the should bucket right societal scripts like all the all the things we're told we should be have and do and and i i put the caveat on everything with the asterisk of that you're not doing harm to another human or animal right that it, it seems like an obvious disclaimer but sometimes it's not But what it means is you literally give the right fucks. And that looks like, I I say we are responsible to people, but not for them, right? Which, Which looks like I am responsible to communicate something to you from a place of like truth and compassion, right? I am not responsible for how you receive it or for how you respond to it. And most of the time people end up in the place of, well, I'm worried that they'll do this or that or the other thing. Well, sure. I mean, you're not a psychopath, so you care about other humans. That's great. And also, how often do we overfunction for other people and try to control their responses when really the being unfuckwithable and giving the right fucks is literally understanding yourself so well, taking ownership, taking the proper amount of ownership, right? And not taking on other people's stuff, right? And then from that place, that is you are showing up in the world and giving the right fucks. I'm responsible to you. I think about what I'm communicating to you to make sure that it's true and that I'm saying it in a way that's that's compassionate. And then how you respond to it is up to you. Yes, I love this. And it's really, something's like coming up for me in that because like, like it's, it's like so perfect and it seems so like, okay, cool, like I can do that. And... Then there's, I feel like there's like this like secondary hurdle of like going like, okay, well, I actually don't, uh, you know, I don't care about the things I don't need to care about. And then you're still in this environment around people who do care and think that you should care as well. And this is actually really like an interesting like uh, thing. This was last year, actually when uh, we're in the middle of the pandemic and things like that. And I was still at um, at school and I was talking to a few colleagues and we were doing this exercise together and we were talking about some things that we were uh, 
worried about and 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 things around the pandemic you know we'd been in and out of work teaching from home and everything and everybody was quite you know very very stressed out and I said I have to be really really honest I'm not actually worried at this point in time I've let go of feeling worried about everything and I'm just letting it be and and you know and I I was like obviously there's you know I I care but I I'm not stressed about this. I'm not worried about all of these things. And that's just my honest truth. And and the defenses of some of my colleagues were, well, you don't have children, so you couldn't understand. And these were like, these are such beautiful, caring people who would never, but they were just such in defensive mode of, well, there must be a reason why I am so stressed out and you're not. And it was, you know, well, you don't have kids, so you can't possibly understand how stressful this is. You don't have. And I was like, well, I, I still have my family. I have my my stepchildren. I have grandparents who are elderly. I have, a you know, a, a mother with like a chronic illness. Like I still have reasons why I could be stressed out. I'm just choosing not to. So I guess my question here is, how do we navigate then bringing that that uh, attitude and that embodiment of being unfuckwithable mm-hmm. and choosing the right fucks to give into our you know quote unquote normal real world? Yeah, well, and and that's a that is so there. I feel like there's kind of a pendulum swing that sometimes we go through, right? And it's and I always say it's like don't be I don't mean to offend anybody, but don't be a born again, Christian or a reform smoker. Like don't shove, shove it down people's throats, right? Like stop. Don't, then you're just being kind of a jerk. And sometimes it's a natural thing that happens when we go through like an awakening or something we want to share with everybody. And like, if don't help anybody that didn't ask for it, right. You live your truth and let people become curious about why you are so well balanced. And, and I think, you know, to your point, it's, it's that, we are, this is to me, this is the truth of authenticity. One of the elements of authenticity is that you can sit in a room, just like you said, of you're in a room with people like that, you're not judging them, right? You're not better or worse. It's just, everybody is at a different place and on a different path. And it's not better or worse, but it's you, a person being aware of, oh, these things that are happening around me. Does this actually feel true for me? Because oftentimes it's like we get sucked into, again, that's the should piece or the social script of everybody's stressed. I should be stressed too. Why are you, you know, and just like you said, actually I'm not, you know, and you didn't walk in and tell everybody they were like assholes for not, or for being stressed out about it. It's just like, you know, if, if I'm asked, I'm actually, I'm really not. I actually feel, you know, pretty good about things and that's okay. Cause that's your truth. And, and it will trigger people. And that's okay. But you're not, again, you're coming from a place of love, compassion, and awareness that nobody is better or worse. It's not a judgment thing. Everybody's on their own path. I think that's one of the pieces of it is understanding everybody's on their own path and they're all at a different stage of evolution, right? And and it's okay. It is what it is. And the authenticity piece comes back to, does this feel true for me? And I think that is the one of the the pillars of of being unfuckwithable is having that core of strength within you where you can stop. And it's not that it's, it's not that it it's easy. It takes intention and it takes awareness, but you have that core of strength where you go, Ooh, I'm getting pulled into this. 
let me check in with myself. Is this really true for me? Do I really, do I feel this right now? Like in the, in the U S right now, the, the R word, the recession word is getting thrown around and there's so much like scarcity and lack energy. I'm like, no, I, I unsubscribe. I don't subscribe to this. Yeah. It, you know, I just don't, I, I choose not to, I don't go around and tell people they're ridiculous for buying into the lack story. Cause like that would make me kind of a jerk, but I just like within my world, that to me is the, the core definition of being unfuckwithable in the world. It's like, you're sort of in this, like not a bubble in a bad way, but you're sort of in this golden bubble and within you, right. It's, this is your world and you get to choose how you show up no matter what and check in. To, I, that's the question is like, does this really feel true for you? Really? Like, is this your truth? Everybody that's like all oh, the stuff that's going on out here. Is that really true for you? No, it's not. Okay. Own it. Didn't have to be true for you. Yeah. And I think that that's the, you know, and I, and I look back at like that specific um, scenario and like that, like actually saying something different rather than just, you know, kind of keeping how I actually felt quiet. And then, you know, I, I could have been, yeah, I'm really worried too. And like pulling something out just to fit into the situation, actually saying what I really, really felt was a big step for me. What happened after that is then I was like, I was actually like super, super, super triggered. I was like, well, fuck them. They don't know me. Like, and these are people that like I really, really care about and they're beautiful people and they never in a million years would have wanted me to feel that way. But I think like the lesson that I really learned from that is that I don't actually have to justify how I feel ever, nor do I have to get other people on board. And it's so interesting, the questions that, you know, I, I get from adult people will just be like, you just look like you're just so like happy or you're like, so like light. And then they go with the, well, you're only working part-time. So you don't have as much time on your hands and blah, 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 blah. Like, so like, I wouldn't have other things to like, that may stress me out if I chose to let them. Yeah. And I just go, yeah, yeah, I am yeah. like, this is just, you know, this is how I, I feel. And you know, or it's even like the something that I get all the time is because I, I read when I go to the sauna and the steam room and people will just go like they always ask me because I'm just like sitting there reading and everybody else is just sitting there in silence or chatting away. And they'll ask me about the book, about reading, and then they always like almost always will go, I wish that I I I I had time to read. And I and I just I just like Sometimes I kind of feel it out, but I so badly just want to go, if you really wanted to read, you would make time to read. Like you would, you would do that. I'm not special. I'm not different. I I didn't like get granted this like extra, like hour and a half of my day. Like I, I don't, I don't live a 25 hour day. Like I still have yeah. the same amount of hours as you. There's no exception. But I think like the thing for me is I've really learned and am still learning that I don't need to justify my growth or how I feel to anyone, nor do I need to change their perspective. If somebody comes and asks me and is actually seeking support and advice, that's a different story. And it is hard because sometimes you're just like, I just want, I just want to help you, <laughs> especially the people uh, that you yeah. love. Yeah. It's it. That is one of the things that early on, one of my mentors it, it really instilled that in me because it is, it is hard sometimes to watch. 
And and it's in in my perception, at, at least in my experience, it comes from knowing the pain that people are in and how that manifests, and knowing that there is an easier path through that. And this is the thing is I, I don't help anybody that didn't ask for it. And I have my clients sometimes as they do this work, they're like, oh, well, how can I, how can I like tell so-and-so about this? I'm like, you can't, you, I mean, you can, but it's not going to go well. Like they're not going to be receptive to it. And it's probably not going to get you the result that you want anyway, <laughs> but you become the, it's like you become the living example because then what you're doing is you're also, it's, it's a form of leadership. Right. And again, not because you're anybody is better or worse. It's just, Hey, these are things that I am living. And eventually people will kind of be like the people who are ready will kind of be like, Oh, this Emily's a little, shouldn't seem real stressed out about this. Wonder what her secret is. Right. People who aren't sort of in the sour grapes mode, which is, well, there must be something it's, you know, like I said, you've got an extra hour in a day. You were born with that 26 hour day, Emily, not, you know, because it doesn't, it's also people will do the sour grapes when they literally, it it feels so impossible and so out of reach for them that they do that. If you know the Aesop's fable, right. About the Fox and the sour grapes. And it's like, oh no, those grapes. Must be. Oh, okay. <laughs> Real quick then. All right. Let me tell you a story. Uh, so the Aesop's fable is basically, there's this Fox that sees this bunch of grapes hanging in the tree and he tries and tries and tries to get them and he jumps and he tries all these different things and he can't get them. And it, and he goes, oh, well, those grapes are sour anyway, and walks off, which is like the thing that feels unattainable or so far out of reach. Well, there must be something wrong with it anyway. Like that's just, you know, it's like we do sort of this disdain and pushing it away when really it's because it feels so out of reach for us. And I think it's such a paradigm shift. Sorry, my dog's digging a hole in the floor. Um, <laughs> it's such a paradigm we shift. We love dogs, yeah. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, no, he'll come over here. At some point. Is I think people cannot even wrap their mind around it. It feels so foreign and so inaccessible because they're so deep in that social script about what should be and that it's, that it's only this way. That when somebody, and I think that is also a responsibility of those of us as we move through our own journey, it's it's that much more important that we live and embody this because it helps to show people the way, right? Yeah. To show that it's possible, not by shoving it down their throats, but literally by being a living example. Yeah. And it's like, if, if I look at you and I go, wow, she just seems like genuinely happy and like genuinely peaceful. At some point I'm gonna be like, what's your secret? Like, tell me more. How did this happen? And that that's the invitation to start the conversation. That's the equivalent of like the don't help anybody that didn't ask for it. If somebody comes to you and starts kind of questioning that it's like, they're receptive now they're open to it. Right. Yeah. And that, you know, I think it's, it's that piece is it, it's, it can be frustrating to watch. Cause I don't like to see people in pain. It's, it's why I do the work that I do. And the people that come to me ready to do the work yeah. I get to help those people through that too. Right. And isn't it like the first, when, with the sour grape story, like the, the thing that like really like you hear all the time is around money. It's like that mm. unattainable amount of money. It's like a, well, they're greedy. I, you know, they, they shouldn't, they don't need that much stuff or they must've done something wrong to have attained it. And you even hear it in like things like, like I have people literally will say to myself and they're saying it in a joking way, but there's a part of them that means it. That's just like, like you're annoyingly happy right now. Like, and it's, it's like, it's like they have to place that negativity on the fact that I'm just happy because they, they just can't see like how I could possibly be that happy. Um, But it's, it's um oh there was something I really really wanted to 
um, talk about that. That's the thing that really hit home for me was not only is it not my job to fix or help anybody, it's not my, like, it's not my business. It's not my responsibility. And I'm actually like doing them a disservice by pushing them or trying to get them to go along a path that isn't, that may not be theirs. And this is something again, that my, um, one of my mentors was amazing at was I would, I would be like, you know, particularly around like my, um, stepkids, for instance, I'd be like, oh, well, you know, I, I I really want to make sure that they're like, okay. And that this is maybe this scenario could be different and blah, blah, blah. And she'd be like, who says that that's their journey? What if, Mm -hmm. what if they actually need to experience this? What if they, what if they chose this in this lifetime? And it's actually, they need to experience whatever this hardship is or this experience is. And it's going to serve them in a really wonderful way in their life. And that's their life journey. And I think that that's like a really, really huge thing to understand and a really hard thing to understand, especially when it comes to people that you love. Mm-hmm. is to understand that their journey on life in life is theirs and sometimes it's actually really important that they go through what they go through and that doesn't mean that we don't like take responsibility when really awful things are happening and we have we actually have the capacity or the ability to do something. I really want to preface that because some people get on the whole thing of like well you so you're just saying that like kids who no. are, are being like no. Absolutely yeah. not saying that. <laughs> um, Any phrase that starts with, oh, so you're saying is like, I'm like, stop, full stop. No, full stop. no, you're putting <laughs> words in my mouth. But, yeah. you know, there's there's things that things that have already happened and, you know, experiences that people are, are going through in life. And if you think about it, if, if you ask them and you tried to help them and they, they don't take it, that that's their that's their journey you have to just and it's so interesting I have a few friends who have like very controlling um mums <laughs> and their mums are just like, like nitpicking at every single thing that they're doing in their life and it's like you just gotta let them go they're not they're not responding at all yeah and you know I think and the biggest thing and this was a this was a lesson I learned firsthand it, and and the segue is going to be into addiction, but it's just like people that have it, that have any kind of addiction and, and it, it is heartbreaking to watch. And I've had friends who have children with addictions and, and, but it's my, my second husband is an alcoholic and it was learning firsthand that no one changes until they're ready until they make the deep decision within themselves that they're going to change. And that's, I mean, obviously addiction is an extreme example, but it's true for anything anybody's experiencing in their life too, is that you can want it all day long. You can want it with every cell of your being for them, but until they make that decision and want it for themselves, it's, you know, and that's a, that, that to me goes into to really everything of it, let people be on their journey and you can be there and you can support them if, you know, frankly, if they ask for it and if it's appropriate and, and sometimes like just, you have to remember that everyone has to decide for themselves what they want and everybody's on their own journey. Tend to, tend to your own knitting, take care of yourself, 
get your world clean, become the best example, right? So that you spark curiosity in others to, to follow, right? To, to, because I think that's, that's it is, is just like we're talking about. It's like, we don't, when people can see an example of what's possible, right? It's like, if we think this is all that's to life is just this sort of box that I, I call them social scripts. Like everybody's miserable at their job. Everybody's miserable in their relationship. Everybody's broken in debt and like everybody's fat and overweight and everybody drinks all the time. I'm like, who came up with this shitty script? Not to somebody's profiting off this, not us. And it's like, no, it doesn't have to be that way. Right. And I think that's let people be on their journey. And my God, focus on your journeys, like takes, should take all your time anyway. (laughs) Yeah. And something that's like coming up for me is like, it's actually super, super important. A lot of the time that people hit that like rock bottom moment and, and that moment where their like life because and this is like one of my favorite um quotes and I have no idea who said it I should probably google it because I say it all the time. <laughs> but like um change only happens when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change yeah and that's the that's the thing is when somebody's like in this like familiar suffering they're and 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 they they kind of are just like used to it they're just gonna stay there because they don't see that it's actually that big of a deal but at some point in time that sameness becomes unbearable and that usually happens in like a you know quote-unquote rock bottom moment and they go I can't live like this anymore and sometimes we actually need to get to that point in time and I don't know about you but some of those moments for me have been pivotal. Like, you know, I I, I think I've shared on the, the podcast before, but like moving through like being sexually assaulted as an adult, I numbed that down and just lived with it in this like numb state. And at some point in time, it all came like tumbling down in my nervous system and I had that like intense rock bottom moment, but I wasn't going to do anything about it until I felt that I wasn't going to, and I am so grateful for that period of time in my life where I felt like, like life was completely unbearable because I did something about it. And the thing is, is if I didn't, I would still be numb. I a hundred percent would not be here talking, having these beautiful heart opening conversations I wouldn't be functioning in my relationships. I, I, I would be completely numbed out and still suffering, but I needed to experience that like, un, like unbearable pain to actually be able to do something about it. And it seems harsh and, and all you can do is be there for somebody, but don't rob somebody of that moment because yeah. it's the moment that they're going to look back on at some point in time and be so grateful. And if they don't, that's okay too, because not everybody's here to do that. They're, you know, I, I look at like some people in my family and things and I'm like, they're not, it's not their journey in this lifetime. And that's okay too. Yeah, no, I a hundred percent agree. And it's a, it, it's like the, and it's also the sort of human motivation unconsciously. We're trying to avoid pain or seek pleasure, but we sort of turn, this is why pe- we numb, right? we'll watch Netflix or we'll drink or we'll do drugs or something. So it's like you turn or or even prescription medication, like turn the pain down. So I don't have to face this, but to your point, and that was my, Ooh, my rock bottom. Ooh, girl, 
it was what six years ago. Um, and, and I wrote a little more about it in this most recent chapter, but I, it was the accumulation of, you know, 37, however many years of pain and stuff that I just hadn't dealt with. And I was in this horribly toxic relationship. And I was like, I was uh, literally, it was, I was my dark night of the soul. And I remember that night so clearly because I was so broken down and I, it was, I don't believe to this day that I ever would have actually punched the final ticket. But for the first time I was like, I can see why people, yeah, I I don't, it, it was so intense and it was so awful that I was like, I don't know that I want to be here anymore. And that was my moment of like, from that point, things started to turn around. It's not like I woke up the next morning and like, you know, the sky's open and the angels sing, but that was the moment where I was like, okay, what you've been doing is no longer sustainable, that this is the point that you've gotten to shit's got to change. And that was, I mean, that's why we're, like you said, that's why we're having this conversation now. It's why I'm so passionate about like helping people have like people who are ready. Right. It's like, how do you work through this? So that maybe you actually also don't have to get to that critical point. Yeah. Right. Like, like, like you said, I think there's a fine line. You can't save people, but yeah. you can give people the guidance if they're ready to walk it. Like I always say, I'm like, I'll hold the flashlight if you want to walk the path. <laughs> oh yeah. And I think there's like, you know, the, there's like that rock bottom moment or there's that you get, and, and quite often when you're in that like moment, you feel like there's nobody there to help you. Like you feel so alone. And if there was somebody there that was like offering me support, that would have been amazing. And if I actually think about it, there were like, I had my beautiful friends there who they, and they would even say to me, they're like, I know that something's wrong and we don't have to talk about it. And I love you. Okay. Like then they would just like, we were living together and we just, I reckon for like three or four months, like while I was, you know, in this, they would just give me hugs for no reason. And just, they knew and they weren't trying to push me. Same as like, I I was seeing a a psychologist and it took me from the time that I decided that I was going to talk about it because I'd never talked about it with anybody. It took me like four months to muster up the courage to actually say something. I would like get to, I would go into like every single session and be like, okay, I'm going to talk about it today. And I would get to the end of the session and I'd walk out and I'd be like, like Emily, like again. And you know what I did at the end of a session, I emailed her straight away. And I said, at our next session, there's something I need you to ask me to share because I can't, I can't say the words on my own. I need you to actually like like tell me to tell you because I want to tell you but like I can't and and that was so I had those people there and I can't imagine what would have happened if I didn't have them there and you know and I have a really supportive home network so there's always like it's not this like black and white thing and it's you know and then I think about you know we like we don't need to get to the point where we like feel like we we don't want to be here anymore at all and actually do something about that ideally we we don't have to get to that point and that's where like this work is so beautiful because maybe somebody listens to a podcast episode and goes I'm not alone here and I don't have to be alone here and Mm -hmm. that like small little thing and it's and it I think you know 
Hollywood and 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 life kind of makes it kind of look like and you, know, you see like montages of people changing their life that they hit this rock bottom moment and then they all of a sudden <laughs> the next day they're like I'm like doing everything right and everything's great and it happens like in like an instant it doesn't happen like that it happens in like small little steps so never ever 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 underestimate the power of just a small little step. I, I always talk about like the, the 1% action. If you mm-hmm. get up every day and you do 1%, just something, whatever that is, it might just be getting up and going to yoga. It might be like for you, it might be getting up and leaving the house for the day. And yeah. if that is all you can do, that compounds over time and it creates change. And 100%. never, ever, ever go, I, well, I, I only went to the gym no you went to the gym like that's amazing awesome like I like I I I only like sent like one email today you sent an email today like you did it get rid of that oh I only or I just like let's just delete that like (laughs) yeah because our 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 life is the summation of the little choices we make on a daily basis, mm-hmm. right? It's, I give a lot of examples of physical body only because it's tangible and like we can see it, right? But it's like uh, it's like if you've been sitting on the couch eating Cheetos and playing video games for twenty years, that was accumulation of decisions that's going to lead to a certain path, right? It's if if you know where you and I each are in our journeys came from the accumulation of decisions that we made, like you said, to when, when I was in the middle of my like dark night, it was every day after that was literally like, all I have to do is get up and go to yoga in the morning and breathe. I was practicing Ashtanga yoga at the time. It's a 90 minute practice. I was like, I just have to get on my mat and breathe. It's the only thing I have to do today. It's like, check that box. Right. But you, it's like, you do, you make those little decisions enough, make the next right choice. Right. And then that adds up and adds up and it compounds and it builds and then it feels easier and easier and easier. And you create that momentum. And it is, it's sort of this like false idea that we have in our heads that we have to do this like big thing. Right. Or we have to do it all in one day. And it's like, no, just, I, and that's, I say even a half a percent a day, I'm like, just do 1% a day. That's great. It's not about perfect is bullshit. I talk a lot about perfect is bullshit. Perfect is such bullshit. It's not even a thing. Like doesn't just, It doesn't exist. And like, and I'm, listen, I used to be like, I'm a perfectionist. Like, no, you're just so uptight trying to control the shit out of every damn thing. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I can a hundred percent resonate with that. Lord almighty. I just look back, I go, oh, you precious, precious child. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, this has been amazing. This, I could literally talk to you all I day. This so fun. <laughs> I would love to hear about a beautiful manifestation, something that's unfolded in your life and how it unfolded. Like it could be something big, something small, just a beautiful magic moment, something that you've created. I, I am I am living it right now. So uh as I said, my my journey in life was around romantic relationships. And I had to do a lot of work unraveling a lot of things. And I was single for a very long time. And there is a wonderful man in my life now. And I, um, he and he has a wonderful son and we live close together. Now we live far apart for a long time and we live close together now. And it's just, I have these moments every day where I'm like, 
wow, I created this. <laughs> it's really just beautiful. So that's, I'm, I'm living that manifestation right now and I am grateful and enjoying every minute of it. So. <laughs> yes. well, I, I love that. And I love that. Like you just have those moments. Cause I have those moments too. I, it's so interesting. And it's the things that I like, didn't expect I don't know what it's like for you but my man is like this like walking like proof that I can create anything oh. like and it's, oh yeah <laughs> it's so interesting like we'll, we'll be like brushing our teeth together and he'll just like he'll give me a little like pinch on on my bum and I'll just I'll be like sitting there like 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 you guys can't see me because this is a podcast but I'll be like I'll be like giddy or I'll just like look at him with and 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 it's not like a um you know what what it is is it's me going I actually envisioned this. I can't tell you the amount of times I sat in front of the mirror brushing my teeth going, one day I'm going to stand here with my man and brush our teeth. I used to fall asleep at night imagining the arms of my man wrapped around me. That was like a huge moment. And we fall asleep, like we like fall asleep every night with his, and it's my reminder every single day that I created this. I like called him into my life and and it's interesting, the more and more I lean into that, like, excitement and that gratitude for it, like, the more I actually start to call it in other areas of my life because, one, you're seeing the proof, and two, like, you're just in that, like, beautiful state of gratitude. So, of course, the universe is going to want to give you more. So yeah. I, I invite like every, like, I just love that. Like just so many beautiful moments that you said. Um, I like really invite like listeners to like look around you and look at like where you are now and look at the parts of your life that you actually created. And it can be real, something really small or it could be something really big and just like let yourself really, really enjoy them. Cause I don't think we let ourselves enjoy it enough. And I, oh, I agree with you so much. And I, it's also, I mean, I, listen, I'm 43 years old. All right. I've been through some shit. And most of that time I wanted more than anything in this world. I wanted to have a partner. And there was a journey that I went on through that of, and even with him, I didn't know things were going to work out or not. And a big part of it, I think is, yes, there's the, there's the, the, both the wanting and the letting go at the same time, but you hit on something that the, the gratitude piece of it and it's not, I think sometimes there's a perception of like, well, I have to have it to be grateful, but this is an exercise that I, I did. I actually started doing it during the pandemic because I was living alone in my condo in Denver. And it's like, I would caught myself in a mood one day and I was like, oh no. And I was doing, I literally something Monday and I was taking out the trash. And I was like, what can you find to be grateful for? As you literally walked down the hall to take this trash to the shoot. And it was like, I'm grateful. I literally went through, it's like radical gratitude practice. Not only is it good to snap yourself out of something, but as a regular practice, because it trains your brain to start to realize, like, even if the thing that you're, that you're manifesting isn't here yet, because that's not on your, your timeline, like letting go of the timeline is the biggest thing. Right. Yeah. But of like being radically grateful for absolutely everything. Like I'm grateful for the technology that allows you and I to be across the world, having this conversation. Like in taking out the trash, I was like, I'm grateful for my feet. I'm grateful for my shoes. I'm grateful for the job I have that allows me to buy this. Like literally that granular. Yeah. And then I have a practice that I give my clients that, and, and almost every time they go, even before I have it, I'm like, yeah, even before you have it every morning, one of my practices is I start, I start writing everything I'm grateful for. 
Like usually yeah. it starts with my cup of coffee. Cause that's how I roll, but like <laughs> you know, all the things I'm grateful for that are like physically here. And then it goes into, and so it is. And I start to be grateful for the things that aren't physically here yet, but I, I write about it as though they are right. Yeah. And because it's like, it's putting you in that space of all the things I'm grateful for now. And then you go into the things that you're grateful for that are coming as if they're already here. And then you're just in such a beautiful place of gratitude for it. And then, and so I guess I say that because when I was on the, probably in some of the listeners shoes, I'd listen to this and go, yeah, I don't fucking have it yet. I want it really bad. I don't have it. It's easy for you to say, cause you have it. And I want to be like, girl, if you knew my journey, man, whoo, call me, we'll talk. But it, it does, I think also allow you to, I think sometimes we take people in our people and things in our life for granted. And for the journey that I've been on and, and particularly with this man, he's a wonderful man. And I literally am grateful for him every day. And I'm grateful for like the time we have together. And I don't take it for granted. I don't take him for granted. I don't, I think it's also a different shift in how you do relationship too. Yeah. You know, like you said, I, I manifested you, you're here and I'm so grateful for you. (laughs) It is. And we're so quick to jump on the the nitpicky like aspect of like, well, you didn't do this or you did this that I didn't want you to do or or I don't have this yet. And we're so quick to look at what we don't have. And the thing is, is like, I like to think of like the universe as, as like um, somebody like giving you a gift and you're like the person receiving the gift. And if you think about like when you give somebody a gift um and they and they and they receive it and they go oh okay and then they just kind of throw it over to the side and then they never play with it ever again you're not going to give them a gift again or you're not really gonna like you might give them one but you're not really gonna put a lot of thought into it you know whereas if you give somebody a gift and they go oh my gosh thank you so much I love it so much I really wanted this and and they use it every day and you see them using it every day and you see them really, really grateful for it every day. Like I, I, um, my, my little stepdaughter, she's, um, she's just turned seven and my partner got her rollerblades for her birthday. Um, and she literally, she opened, we opened presents at like six o'clock in the morning. She put them on and did not take them off. She quickly took them off to get dressed. And then we went rollerblading in the afternoon and she literally wore them all day from six o'clock in the morning until we dropped her off at her mum's place at like one o'clock. She, she wore them in the car. She wore them to go to the bathroom. She did. And literally every time she arrives now, this has been like a few weeks now, every time she arrives, um, she puts them on straight away and doesn't take them off until she has to leave. She wears them nonstop. And think about that. I like, can't wait to give her like a gift again. Like I, you know, it's so um special and think of if you think of the universe like that they're like oh well of course I want to give you more look at like look how grateful you are like look at how appreciative you are of what you have whereas you know if, if you're not that that it's it, it's also showing you proof that you're able to create what you want you're looking at it and going holy fuck like I actually called you into my life I I did that like how cool is that I wonder what else I can can call in this is fun like let it be fun be like oh this is so fun I wonder what else I can do like without that expectation without the timeline just the this would be so fun like how cool is this 
Yes. I think that's the biggest thing that tripped me up was like the timeline and the wanting to like, but how, but how, but how's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? I manifested for like three days. Where is it? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that. There's so many facts. That's why I love teaching about manifestation because it's so much more than what we like feel. Speaking of manifestations, I believe that I just want to like get rid of this whole, like make a wish, but don't tell anybody about it uh, Mm -hmm. or it won't come true. Like I just, let's just delete that. Um, Because I believe that we need to, we get to declare our, our desires out loud and we anchor them in and we share them and we celebrate them and, Um, So I'd love to know what is something that you're manifesting at the moment. I am manifesting for Unfuckwithable to become a movement for massive expansion in, in my business, which to me means that I am reaching so many more people and I'm able to bring like this work and these messages and this like way of being to so many more people. So I am really manifesting and calling in like Unfuckwithable becoming like a movement for women, like for all these women joining this program to not only like learn and embody these things, to go through the healing, to have all these amazing tools, to like really have this peace and power, but to also have the sisterhood around it. Because as you know, you and I know how important that is. Yeah. Right. And to like, that's, that's the next thing that I'm manifesting is really for this, just to, to, to massively expand. Yes. And so it is. And so it is. And so it is. I love it so much. I would really love to know how we can support you and how we can share love with you, how we can connect with you. Um, Let us know. Oh, well, thank you. Well, I have a a podcast, Courage to Rise podcast, and I am on Instagram at I am Jennifer Rayford. Um, I don't have an easy short name. (laughs) That's perfect. I'll pop all the, all of like the link and everything. Wonderful. Yay. (laughs) Thank you. So, oh, and your unfuckwithable program. When is that coming about? It starts starts in January. So it's going to kick off in January. Ooh. Okay. Well, this episode will come out before then. So (laughs) so guys, get on over. Jen's amazing. I have a retreat in Costa Rica that I'm doing in August. It's going to be an extension of the unfuckwithable program. So gosh, yes thing that's happening so yay well I've had so many people in my world because I just got back from Costa Rica um ask me about Costa Rica and say that they want to go so I'm gonna just shoot them over your way it's in August (laughs) thank you so much Jen I appreciate it so much you coming in and this has just been incredible oh this was lovely Emily thank you thank you If you loved today's episode as much as I loved being a part of it, I would be so incredibly grateful if you could head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review the show or head on over to I am Emily Burke at on Instagram and DM me. Let me know what you got out of the show, what you loved about the show, your biggest takeaways, message myself or Jen and let us know that you listened It really does put a really big smile on our heart and I'd be so incredibly grateful and humbled to hear from you. And until next time, have a beautiful rest of your day.